Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All the news you need for your day and the sports music and podcasts you love are all on the free Odyssey app. Download it now. Well, well, well. Good afternoon. 860-522-9842. Thanks so much for tuning in and being here. Steven Springfield will give you another try. Hey, Steve. No, let's try Rob. Hello, Rob. Uh, yeah, hello. Am I on the air? You are on the air, Robert. Yeah, yeah, hello. Just, my name is Alick Boot. I usually talk to your other guy before you, uh, Tom. Okay. Well, thank you for talking now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We're losing your signal. Let's try Laura Weathersfield. Hi, Laura. Good afternoon. I thought about you on Saturday morning, Todd. I was riding my bike through Hartford, and I came upon, I was riding up Franklin Avenue, and they're doing some, they've done some revisions there. Mm-hmm. And I remember that you have a lady named Anne. Who calls in and yes. you talk to her about and Project Gosh, and Hardy. And Gosh Yes. Well, at the north end of Franklin Avenue, they've restructured some things and put a median in. They're trying to make it look boulevardish, brownstone-like. And they have sidewalks, and they have a bicycle lane. And the bicycle lane is done inconsistently. But you know what's <laughs> in the bicycle lane? What? Parked cars. Parked cars in the bicycle lane. There's no way that that section of Franklin Avenue that people are not going to park on the side of the curb, you know, on the street mm-hmm. next to the curb. They're not going to honor a bicycle lane. It's just a waste of money to even consider it. They've actually done it in the past and ended up scrapping the project. Now they're trying it again. So it's, it's just, just virtue signaling is what you're saying. It's making it look like it's something special. So come and invest your money here, even though we really don't care about cyclists riding down Franklin And Avenue. none of them are going to try it because it's too dangerous, probably. It's too dangerous. It's so silly. Yeah, it's interesting. All right, thank you for that, Laura. 860-522-9842. What's going on on the roads this afternoon?
It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Ah, it is a Monday afternoon. Mondays are different. Trying to work the kinks out, get back in action. Everybody is. Michael Lebowitz, though, he's, uh, well, every day is the same to him. Lebo, what's happening, sir? Yes, sir. Every day is full of kinks for me. Clean <laughs> them out. Not just Mondays. <laughs> so, Todd, I thought I'd call you today and talk to you about mental health in general and in particular my struggles with mental health. Your own personal ones. My own personal struggles. So I struggle with it. I've never had a formal diagnosis, so it's really hard to tell. The uh, mental health treatment in prison isn't exactly stellar. Uh-huh. But I do have some sort of an anxiety disorder mixed with an obsessive disorder. I don't really have compulsions, but I, I do obsess. This started for me uh, maybe 23 years ago while I was in prison, and I started to get panic attacks. And I don't know if you've ever had a panic attack, but anybody that has knows that when you don't know what it is, it actually, you start to think you're going to die. And I... I've you never experienced that, no. Because you, oh. you start having physical responses, you mean? Yes, it's actually a dramatic increase in adrenaline uh, stemming from the body's natural fight-or-flight response. So the heart starts beating extremely rapidly, you start to sweat, get maybe some chest pains, a headache, feel dizzy like you're going to pass out. And it's just horrifying when you don't know what it is. And it's actually, as an aside, it's a good government incompetence story because when I first went to medical and I told them my symptoms, which included headaches, they told me I needed to go see mental health. When I went to mental health and described my symptoms, they told me I needed to go to medical. Uh-huh. Medical again told me to go to mental health, so I did, and then mental health finally put me on medication for it. But the medication didn't do away with the headache. So I went back to medical and told them I was having headaches. At this time, medical told me I was getting the headaches because of the medication I got on from going to <laughs> mental health, which they told me to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, whatever. But anyways, I got treatment for the panic disorder. And once I found out what they were, I, I don't really get panic attacks anymore, but I still get relatively intense anxiety. And I get these obsessions that where my mind just spins in circles. And at times, actually, it can be helpful. For instance, when I'm trying to solve a, a technical philosophical point or, you know, clarify a political view, I won't stop until I get closure on the issue. So it's been helpful in those regards. But in some regards, it's just a monumental amount of stress. And I think I can maybe explain why. So you and I are friends, Todd. So if I'm in an uh, obsessive episode, which I actually am right now. Sounds it a little bit, yeah. I'm, I'm getting the feeling yeah. of what it's like. <laughs> yeah. So now I know that the obsessive thoughts that I get aren't reality-based. On some level, I know it, but it doesn't stop me from panicking about them and getting a strong emotional reaction. So now... Suppose I were having the obsessive thought, I hate Todd Feinberg, I hate Todd Feinberg. Now, I would know I obviously don't really hate Todd Feinberg. Now, if you were to ask me, Michael, how are you doing today, I'd be in a bind because I wouldn't want to tell you I was doing fine because that would be a lie. 
I wouldn't want to say I just don't want to talk about it because that would be concealing it. The problem is, Todd, is that if I were to tell you I'm having these thoughts that I hate you, you, you I don't know, you're a pretty understanding guy, but most people aren't and they don't grasp <laughs> that these are just obsessions. You know what I mean? They're not real. So if I were to but tell what is, where, mine, but where do you think that comes from? Because I assume if if you're, I assume you're using that as an example of you're having an obsessive thought that is 180 degrees from your reality. So it's yes. not it's not a realistic thought that you're obsessing over. I, I, it, it's interesting. I've I've heard about people having these kinds of issues with obsessive ideas getting stuck in their head, but I thought they were based somehow in a reality like um you know like i live in a dangerous neighborhood uh, somebody's going to break in and and th- then there would be some cause and effect and and then it's easier to figure out what might be a remedy to feel like you can gain control over those thoughts but i don't i don't know what you do if you're if a random thought that you can't relate to intellectually gets bouncing in your head and you can't stop it i don't know how you do that well, you're right, and I kind of gave a completely unrealistic one, uh, although that does happen at times, too. But most of the time, it is something that could plausibly be true. And that's what makes it all the more sort of difficult to solve. I don't get that sort of, uh, you know, door-checking compulsions or anything like that because I'm scared of the neighborhood. I just get caught in obsessive thinking. Like, I might get caught in thinking, what if I go out and fail? And that's what I think is actually triggering my anxiety now is because I'm getting out of prison so soon and I've been here so long that it's a little nerve-wracking. So if I get it in my head, what if I go get out there and fail? Now, here's the problem. That's something that right now I can't prove. So that's the way it's sort of the obsessive obsessions work. When it's something that I could prove, like I mentioned the philosophical or political ideas, once I can prove it or get closure on the issue, it goes away because I solved the problem. It's like obsessing about a math problem and then all of a sudden getting the answer. But at this moment in my life, I can't prove to myself or to anybody else that I'm going to go out into the world and be successful, do what I need to do. In fact, I can never prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that I won't regress. It's always a possibility. And given that I can't prove it, it causes me to obsess. Okay. Does that, does that make sense yeah. to you? So what, what do you want us to do with uh, these thoughts on this end? Well, what I, what I was just hoping to do is, one, uh, kind of bring it to the audience's attention as an issue that maybe they have a family member or a friend that deals with mental health issues. Uh, maybe it'll help them understand. And plus, you know, I've been on your show now for three and a half years, so I thought maybe I would share, you know, a little bit of my own sort of personal information to maybe give the audience a better understanding of who I am. And plus, there's always the great advice that you give me. All right, well, let me start with my great advice, because I don't know if it's so good, but because uh, I'm really unfamiliar <laughs> with this. But I think what you're describing sounds so controlling in its nature. Like, you want to be able to control everything. And what you're really saying is, I want to control the world, and I can't. And now I'm going to be walking around in the world, and I won't be able to control it. Isn't that horrible? What will I do if I can't control everything in the world? Well, none of us can. And that's, that's what life is all about. Failure and victory are not a, a, a single binary that either you're a winner or, or loser, and it happens on Thursday, and the, you know, get an, gets announced to the world on Thursday night, and that's it, you're over. 
or you're or you're victorious. You know, all these things are complex and and in constant flux, and the victories come over time, and the and the failures come too, and you you balance them out in the aggregate, and you make adjustments along the way. So it's all totally unrealistic, probably based on your lack of contact with the outside world and your imagining the outside world to be something it isn't, which is harder than where you are. And it's not. It's just not, you're just not used to it. But somebody going about to go into prison for the first time for 25 years would be having the same anxieties in reverse. And that would be, that would make no sense either because you would tell them you're going into a simple place that's easy to handle because you can't make any decisions. But it's all in the eye of the beholder. None of it makes sense. And and by the way, have I ever told you my toddler stories? You know, my analysis no. of toddlers? Little kids, no. even younger than toddlers, like a baby. A baby who's a few months old flips the bird to their parents and tells them, you know, to go fly a kite. And, yes. you know, they do this when they have no control over the most basic aspects of their lives. They can't wipe themselves. They can't feed themselves. They need their parents for everything. And they run away from their parents with a little gleam of the devil in their eyes as soon as they can walk (laughs) and tell their parents, you know, they essentially flip the bird to their parents. This is the crux of the human experience. We are, we act like we've got this thing under control and we flip the bird to the dangers because you have to. That's the only rational way to live life is to have irrational confidence in your own eventual success. And that's what you have to do is just trust that it's all going to work out. Todd, your analysis is spot on. That, oh, And I've been coming to realize this lately as I've been meditating on it, that it all boils down to my feeling that I have to control everything. Because my whole life prior to coming to prison and growing up is that when I didn't control things, everything broke down. My family broke down. My parents broke down. My entire life broke down. So I kind of have this thought that if I don't control everything, if I don't control all my emotions, all my thoughts, everything around me, that everything's just going to go to hell. And you're absolutely right that ultimately that's not realistic, and that's the problem. It's feeling that I have to control things that I ultimately can't causes me to obsess and get anxiety. Yeah, but you don't have to control anything except small little things. There are no big things you have to control because the big things are beyond your control. You can't decide whether the waves are going to come in or go out. All you can do is get better at surfing those waves. But the forces that make the the collisions of, uh, of life happen are beyond our control. And you just have to be good at managing them. And you've got a ton of experience in the most difficult of circumstances. So you're going to be good at it on the outside just as you have been on the inside. Todd, you are an amazing man and an amazing friend, and I thank you very much. And before I go, I just want to say that I I heard you earlier talking about Rosalie's theory about Donald Trump, and Mm -hmm. I think it may have some validity. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Todd. It was a great day. And we'll see if we can drum up some phone calls with explanation. Anybody suffer with this kind of anxiety? Have any suggestions for Lebo? Because it's, um, boy, that's a, having that kind of loss of control of your mind must be difficult. And perhaps you've gotten treatment for it or, or come to understand it on your own and that that's worked out for you. And if, if so, 
uh, why not share it? I feel like I have this similar frustration with Lebo. What's that? Having, I don't know, just a job like this where you always want to have influence on people and hope that they're listening and keeping open uh, ears and listening to one another. Oh, you want to control them. Well, yeah, I want them to listen to us. (laughs) And half the time they don't. No, that's interesting. Most of your gripes are that you can't control the world. Similar to Michael. Uh Uh-huh. So you have a criminal mind as well. 860-522-9842. How about Maybe a we rant? could send Nancy back down the beach with one of them $10,000 government shovels and have her keep digging that hole. And when it gets deep enough, we'll push the sand in on top of her. <laughs> Sheesh. That's my biggest regret in life. The uh, that was, the, We played a cut last week of, um, of Nancy Pelosi talking about how in China, I think when she was in Taiwan, and she talked about how she could relate to China because when she was a little girl on the beach, they told her if she dug in that she would dig all the way to China, which, of course, is, is not true. You, I read this last week. You would actually end up in Australia. They misled us again. Joe in Wyndham. Hi. Hey, Todd. Just building off of uh, Leibowitz's story, a uh, friend of mine, three years ago, she had a series of strokes. Um, Two years ago, her father committed suicide. Yikes. And um, she's had some health issues up to the current date. But her biggest thing is fear of dying and leaving her kids behind. And it puts her into panic attacks and stuff like that. So I can relate with what the topic is. And I was just curious if any of uh, your listeners could call in and, and help with my friend who's always scared of dying it takes her peace away and she really doesn't know how to get it under control and it's all, all been kind of snowballing from the first event with the strokes yeah because her brain's kind of trying to relearn all the the black holes in her head where the neurolog- neurologic uh highways used to be connected are now all busted is the way that the doctors told her that's pretty interesting, but she should talk to a therapist because you can work those things through. Yeah, she's absolutely been taking, uh, going to therapy, and um, but she still has a lot of episodes. So I, I liked uh, your analogies and, and Mike's advice on it, so I, I didn't know if anyone else could build off of that. All righty. Well, th- we'll see what we can find out, Joe. Thank you for that. Chip and Coventry. Hi, Chip. Hey, how you doing? What's up? Uh, well, I wasn't going to call, but I'm like, I felt like extremely compelled to call because the last caller and you really hit home um, because I, in the early 90s, uh, you know, had a, like a major, what they call it at the time, panic attack. And ironically, I was driving home from the health club, you know, 25 healthy, married, three kids, everything is going great. And to make a long story short, it felt like someone just uh, come up came up behind me and hit me with a hammer, and then I went into a blackout. I blacked out on a major... Um, while you were driving. Route 40, while I was driving. And when I pulled over, it, just like the other guy said, I swear, you know, I have no heart uh, disease in my family that I was having a heart attack. you thought you were attack. having a heart incident. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Wow, that's you know, amazing. Chip, came. can you hold on? We're out of time for this segment, but we'll get a news update and then we'll continue with you if you can wait. I'd love to hear more. Follow us on Twitter at WTIC1080. I like this response we're getting because I know there's a lot of anxiety floating around the world. So when Leibowitz suggested that we talk about his anxiety, I said, yeah, let's do that. We might get other people talking about it. All right, Chip Coventry, give us a setup once again, please. I'll give you a real great example. While I was on hold, I, I was having not an, not an anxiety attack, but it kicked in because I get nervous just in general. That's hence the word anxiety. Um, but anyway, it's a real feeling. And, um, you know, um, I, I, I try to explain to people. Actually, I don't have to explain to people. But if they're really honest and say, hey, Chip, well, you know, do you think maybe, what do you think? It's, I have no idea. I can always use the excuse you know, I had a rough upbringing and mm. whatever, but the panic attacks, when they were finally diagnosed, I think it was 1990, and, you know, I was trying this medication, and finally they found the right one, and I had a few more. Uh, I, I was at my son's baseball game, and all of a sudden, I was coming home, same thing, hammer to the head is what it felt like. Here comes the, you know, the, the 911 call. And uh, I'm like, wow, I, I can't live like this. I don't want to live like this. Yeah. So, you know, then I got to, into therapy, which is, you know, nothing to be uh, ashamed of. Because some people say, I, I've heard people say, Chip, you know, you're just weak. You're just weak and you use it. No, it's like you don't know what it's like. It's like saying, I know what it's like being pregnant. I know that's not a great well, example. Well, the, the, the real point is there's nothing uh, that makes you weak about having the courage to try something that people tell you is uh, a sign of weakness you know like yeah, th I, I, that's a sign of strength to do that i think the, i think you're weak 
I hate to say that you're weak, but if you don't seek help, knowing that there's something wrong with you, right? You know, and it's like I can't tell you or all right. So else. Chip, we're running yeah. out of time, but I want to get the end of the story. So what what happened with seeking therapy? Uh, it helped. It worked. And the last thing I'll say, I think the last caller. Tell me if I'm right. Did he mention jail or something? Oh, uh, the Leibowitz, the guy who's got the anxiety. And was describing his okay. attack. He's been in prison for 25 years. He's getting out at the end of this year or by the end of the year. Okay. Now, the only reason that I'm bringing it up real quickly, 2013, I made, a, I made a really bad choice to drink and drive. I had to go away for the first time. And my, I woke up on my 52nd uh, birthday, and I went through hell. That didn't help at all. That mm-hmm. just made my anxiety worse. But I've done a 390. I no longer partake in partying. And it woke me up like you would not believe because when you're in there, I, you know, in prison, um, and again, maybe some people are listening. I don't really care if I can help somebody. But it, it, it really, it really, it's like, Chip, wake up, buddy. You don't want to, you don't have to, you know, go through this anymore. So, you know, that, that just added on, but now, what, nine years ago, I feel great. Life is great. I wake up and I say, thank you, God, every day for waking me up. Congratulations on having seen it through. You know, life is, life is complicated and hard, and, um, you know, we sh- shouldn't be judging each other. You've heard that before. And, and we, that's a hard thing to internalize and turn into action, but, um, but there, but for the grace of God goes everybody, you know? Back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good afternoon. Joining us now, Chris Powell, Journal Inquirer. He's here every week. And uh, Chris is a, a writer of monumental insight and incisiveness. You have to check out his columns if you haven't. And, um, and listen to him, of course, as he speaks, because it's good stuff. Chris, welcome back. Hey, how do you spell insight anyway? I'm not sure. I figured that's your job to know. <laughs> so uh, your your column on um, on the Senate race I found intriguing, the Senate primary last week, and, and specifically the dynamic that allowed uh, Leora Levy to win and Themis Claritus to lose. Can you share your insights there? Yeah, everybody's saying that, uh, you know, Donald Trump <clears throat> won the primary for her, and he... he he probably uh, was decisive, but I don't think it was the most decisive uh, thing there, Todd. Uh, I think the most decisive thing in that campaign was just how poor the campaign of Themis Claritus uh, was. Uh, she, uh, uh, you know, could not uh, get more votes than uh, uh, than Levy, I think, uh, because she just didn't uh, excite anybody. I don't think she had anything to to say to people you can say what you want about <clears throat> levy but she uh, she she fired up people um and in the end uh you know the republican establishment if you want to call it that the party organization could could not rally people for uh, the convention's candidate look only uh 
only about 81 per, or I'm sorry 19% of the Republicans in the state voted uh, in that primary 81% did not vote mm-hmm. at all. Yep. Um now our uh, uh all those uh, 400,000 Connecticut Republicans who did not vote are they are they Trump fanatics? I, I kind of doubt it. If they were Trump fanatics, they would have come out and voted for uh, for Levy. Um, I think they were indifferent because uh, Claritas uh, left them indifferent. Uh, and because there wasn't an argument going on. There really wasn't a discussion about who would be better or what direction uh, the, the Republicans should take in terms of their outlook because, uh, because Themis failed to inspire and, and failed to create a sense of her own conviction of who she would be as a senator. Yeah, she, you know, she had a commercial that, uh, you know, touted her growing up uh, in a grocery store in the Naugatuck Valley and being working class and all that, but that that didn't say where she stood on any of the controversial issues of the day. Now we know that she favors uh, abortion rights uh, to a, a great extent, but not uh, all abortion all the time. And uh, we know that she voted for uh, some of the gun control provisions that have been controversial, but uh, there's a lot of other issues, and uh, she mm-hmm. just didn't stake a claim for for any of them. And, uh, you know, Levy had 47,000 uh, uh, Trump fans, and, uh, uh, you know, 400,000 Connecticut Republicans didn't come out at all. We're talking to Chris Powell. The um, you know the Trump phenomenon, Trump's victory four years ago, is credited with having been based around his stubbornness, his his uh, commitment to being himself. And no matter how outrageous that might be, and no matter how outraged the response might be, that only seemed to feed the fuel. Most people would have turned and run from the strategy Trump used, and he kept doubling down, and that kept inspiring people more to vote for him. And, and Themis, on the other hand, was in this position where she was trying to justify being innocuous and a little bit here and a little bit there. It's a, it's a curious approach to take, given the times that we seem to be living in politically. Yeah, well, you know, primaries always draw the most uh, motivated, uh, enthusiastic, even fanatic uh, voters. And uh, you got to expect that. That's what happens when you, turnout is uh, is low, participation uh, is low, um, and look as you say, you, these are very heated uh, times uh, politically. Trump is so popular uh, because I think he he embodies the uh, contempt that uh, many Americans, tens of millions of Americans, feel toward government and politics, and while. You know, Trump's uh, personality is uh, uh, is controversial itself, and not what a lot of what a lot of people want to see in the uh, highest office in the in the land. Uh, uh, a lot of people have have contempt for politics and government as it's being uh, waged right now, and a lot of people are are very uh, very sick of the you know hypocrisy. Uh, uh, and elitism of uh, of the political left that's uh, that's running the country right now. I mean, I I feel that very much too. I felt it for probably the fifty years I've been in, uh, in the news <laughs> business. But uh, uh, you know, people can people can see the hypocrisy that's all around us. Look, you know, Hillary Clinton gets you know let off for you know this this terrible compromising of all the documents that she compromised with her 
with her email server, and you know they're 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 persecuting Trump over some documents he took to you know Mar-a-Lago as if he's he's going to launch nuclear missiles there. I mean the you know the double standard. You know people can see this, and I don't think. Uh, you know, persecuting him is uh, is is going to keep him from becoming president again. I know the Democrats want to want to put him in prison. Uh, they want to convict him of, uh, of of something, but you know, he, he could run for president from prison. In fact, I think he'd enjoy it. Yeah, and he might be effective. Oh, he could win the election. Look, yeah. uh, in 1920, the labor uh, leader Eugene V. Debs, uh, who was serving the prison term and. In the Atlanta Federal Penitentiary for uh, opposing the military draft during World War One, he ran for for president on the socialist ticket and got three and a half percent of the presidential vote. Uh, he he said that if he won the election from prison, he'd pardon himself. I'm I really suspect Trump is relishing that idea. Well, you know, if you look at the Trump phenomenon as being based on an understanding that our system is somehow frozen in place. As Bernie said, the system is rigged, that being that the powerful have figured out how to tie everything into knots. So so out of our sight, uh, it's controlled. And the appeal of Trump or somebody similar in that kind of circumstance is that they, they have the ability to break things, to make them function once again, not to break them so they don't function because they already don't, but to be able to release them into some kind of motion of reaction to the will of the people once again. Is that what was going on in the 1930s? Oh, well, of course, uh, in the 1930s, uh, you know, there was you know terrible uh, depression. Uh, the, the Roosevelt administration, uh, uh, you know, came you know very close to fascism in in some respects in terms of of giving the control of the economy to the to the federal government uh, the defenders of roosevelt say that lucky he saved capitalism from something you know worse that uh, uh, might have resulted from a really you know populist uh, movement during the depression and mm-hmm. maybe he did but it was a close run uh, thing and and today i think is a very close run thing too i think the the contempt for government and and politics and the political correctness that is being uh, pushed on us all, all over the place that's uh, that's motivating a lot of people uh, people are voting their their resentments and uh, uh, i'd be surprised if levy could uh, could beat uh, you know blumenthal but uh, you know look blumenthal is uh, uh, is is waging you know demagoguery just as much as the Trump people are. You know, at the Democratic uh, rally in Hartford over the weekend, uh, he said, "quote No woman will be safe in America if Mitch McConnell is elected majority leader." <laughs> and end quote. You know, if anybody took him seriously, that's the kind of thing that you know can incite civil war. That's a Trump-like comment. That that's that's beyond hyperbole. Uh, that's, you know, to demonize the other side and to refuse to acknowledge that there's some genuine differences of opinion in the country and that there's a lot wrong with our government. Uh, you know, look, Blumenthal is as demagogic and extreme as, as Levy, and in some respects more so. I wonder if Levy can uh, can get, get that uh, that fact out in the campaign. I don't know. Chris, you're loquacious today. I'm glad we found the topic that, that lets you uh, get set free. Oh, it's a it's a nice day, Todd, and I'm always in a a good bad mood when I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, thank you for that. It's great to talk with you, Chris Powell. We'll see you next week. 
Thanks, Todd. Bye-bye. All righty. So Chris Powell, Journal Inquirer, check out his work. 860-522-9842. Bob Stefanowski will be here next hour. We'll take phone calls and chat with him about the campaign and the issues. And right now we've got rants, we've got phone calls, we've got conversations. So take part in at 860-522-9842. Mike in Plainville. Hello, Mike. Thanks for your patience. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. I just, you're born, supposedly grow up. <clears throat> Dealing with anxiety is difficult. I, I'm good with it because I played a lot of sports. The work I've done over the last 40, 45 years prepares me for anxiety. There's always been a certain amount of anxiety and skepticism in my, in my work, and I think that's how I can handle all the negativity that goes on in the world a little bit better than, say, someone that, no offense to office workers, that doesn't get out, that hasn't been around. Uh, it's a difficult choice. Uh, how are you going to deal with anxiety? I mean, the, the pharmaceuticals are putting out drugs for everybody. Every ad you see on TV, every other ad is for anxiety control. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And it's just people go for it. Well, I'll take a pill. It'll make me feel better. No, it's... And now with the world the way it is, it's it's no easy task. It, these are difficult times, no doubt. Mike, thanks for sharing. 860-522-WTIC. Isn't that true, though? Times they are, are crazy. That's just me making that noise if you're worried about that, Anthony. Let's play some rants. Is it a coincidence that Sleepy Joe left for vacation the day after the raid? You have a beach house in Delaware, but you go to a $20 million beach house in South Carolina for free. Was that to get out of town because of the raid? Or to hide him because he's not feeling well? He had a violent coughing attack, used his hands to cover his mouth, and then went to <laughs> shake did. hands with everyone. Nothing like spreading the germs. Yeah. And did you see the pictures of Jill helping him get his suit jacket on? He couldn't do it. He couldn't read the teleprompter. The people in Kentucky are looking for Joe. He promised help, and FEMA is denying case after case. Call Joe. It's uh, it's true. Did you see that speech where he was he was coughing? It, it ruined the speech, and it was I think one of the first things he did coming back from COVID, and it it ruined that whole idea that he he might have been better from COVID. You know, but but then he was coughing into his right hand. And you look at that right hand, you say, wow, if I had to shake hands with the president, he'd be he'd be delivering his cough unto me just like that. Hey, Todd, it's funny listening to all these people rant and rave about the personal things that Trump does. I could care less about that. It doesn't affect me. The policies that he put in place, on the other hand, were tremendous. And I was 100 percent better off when he was in office than I am now. I could care less about what he personally does. It's all about the policies. Goodbye. Yep, that's true. Mar-a-Lago, where Trump does reside, it was thought he had something to hide. The FBI, not afraid, conducted a raid. They just wanted to see the inside. It's that simple. They wanted in. Uh, have you ever noticed that if you look at Merrick Garland, George Gaston, Luke Bronin, Justin Elker, especially Ned Lamont. Yeah. You know they're beating up on a playground when they're little kids at the school. They do have that kind of personality. Hey, Todd. 
I'd like to weigh in on this Donald Trump nuclear secrets, um, the reason why they invaded his home to find them. I believe it's absolutely true. Um, this probably occurred while Barron was still in high school, and this was part of Science Project. And uh, Donald and Barron were in one of the rooms down at uh, Merlago, and they were building a miniature nuclear weapon. And uh, if they check into that, they'll find out that he got an A-plus on that project, and um, <laughs> everything's square now. But, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he stole all those diagnostics. Oh, Tiger. That's pretty good stuff. And, wh and why not? You know, Donald would want Barron to be number one. Oh, Todd John here, the 11th of August, uh, about 3.30. Listen to the, oh, Washington, D.C., where they cleared everything. And so they, I learned absolutely nothing from that gentleman mm -hmm. that was uh, talking about the Mar-a-Lago raid. Um, I don't know why he wasted our taxpayers' dollars, but I'm telling you, I vote. And I am voting for President Trump in 2024. And even if he's not going to run, I'm going to write him in. I'll use the write in. Also, if this can happen to any former president. Yes. Hey, Todd. Oh, something happened to uh, the rest of that sentence. Something happened to the rest of John's rant. Apologies there, John. 860-522-9842, the rant line number. If you want to drop one right now, this is a good time. Drop a little rant in there onto the rant line, 860-751-4698. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 